The views and opinions that are expressed on the Dope Sessions podcast are that of the hosts and do not reflect any views of any other attached entities. Now that we got that out of the way, let's go. Introducing your hosts. The guys on the mics with the voices that you like. Give it up for Kelvy and Tree. Once again, it's on. This is the Dope Sessions podcast, the dopest indie podcast on the planet with Kelvin and Tree. What up, big dog? Man, what's up? Hold on. You said it's on. Like, we finally paid the bills around this joint? That's, that's what's going on? <laughs> man. We had to, man. We had to. <laughs> it's good to be debt free. Shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> man, um, dude, we, we going to have us a good episode today, man. And um, as I said before, you know, with this being uh, August and, and you know, September, it's a celebration of hip hop and 50 years and all that stuff. And, 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 and we'll, other stuff we're not going to mention anymore. Right. <laughs> and uh, what I wanted to do, man, was just uh, uh, bring on a couple of guests, man. Um, well, one of them is technically not a guest. Because right. <laughs> he might as well go ahead and, you know, go. Go to the refrigerator, get his own sandwich. Yeah, right. Yeah, that dude. <laughs> so we got we got our guy on here, man. D Nick, the microphone misfit. What up, D? Yes, sir. Up, man? I'm just chopped liver. Just like forget you. you just <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, you. man. You 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 showing the show so much. It's like, yeah, you know what a refrigerator is. You <laughs> <laughs> I've done man. one episode. No, I've done a couple episodes. Yeah, you've done right. a couple episodes. You know that. Come on. You're about to start <laughs> telling some stories up in here. Right. <laughs> but man, uh, we got another guest in 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 our uh in our session today, man. Um got the chance to to chop it up with this brother. Um, really, really dope brother, man. We got the chance to like, you know, just talk about everything from his from his uh his, his new EP, More Culture. We talked about our love for Murs and, and uh, Fonte. And uh, just wanted him to come back. And thank you for coming back. Uh, Marcel P. Black, what's going on, bro? Uh-oh. I, I guess he didn't. I guess he felt like he needed directions to the fridge. Yo, yo, yo. Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm, I'm on this phone. I apologize. No, all is well, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Oh, no problem, man. No problem at That's all, stuff. man. I see. We'll direct him to the fridge. D-Nick, you know where he <laughs> is already. You know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> man, for, again, man, thank y'all again for coming through, man. And um, I, I think my, my first question for you guys is, uh, with this being hip-hop's 50th birthday anniversary, one of the things that I talked about a lot during these moments was um, the the fact that 
hip hop doesn't always honor its own in the way that it should be. With you guys being independent artists, number one, how does that make you guys feel about not being the least bit acknowledged? And number two, do you just just say, okay, whatever, and then just uh, just continue the work that you guys do, or you know, what, how does that, you know, just those two questions, like how does it make you feel and what do you do? Do you just say, all right, whatever, and I'm just going to continue to work? I'm, I'm going to let D-Nick go first. I already know what he's about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, okay, so uh, the hip, man, one, I'm, I just, I just do work, man. I just do work. I try to I acknowledge the agreed upon narrative and um, I didn't agree, but I acknowledge the, the establishment's agreed upon narrative about hip hop. And I just do work, man. I just focus on the people that rock with me. And I just try to, I try to learn the politics and learn the terrain and navigate appropriately. So I don't get, I don't get took. I don't want to get taken advantage of. That's that's me, man. That's me. What, what you got, Black? Didn't you be a nice man? You, you talk about navigating politics. Look over. Come on, when did you ever navigate politics? <laughs> um, so, like, I, I I treat I treat August eleventh, nineteen seventy three, like uh, December twenty fifth. Um, we all know that's not Jesus' real birthday, but we still wear red and green and, and get gifts. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so like, I mean, the 50th celebration or anniversary of hip-hop was really the 50th anniversary of New York rappers. Right? Now, now, yeah. now, now granted, so, so it's, yeah, it's of New York rappers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is, which is, you know, um, do I feel a way about it? I mean, you know, I'm a history major, so, like, History is important to me, uh, but I love that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love watching, as, as troublesome as KRS is, I love watching him rock. I love watching all these other cats rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, they are the reason why I wanted to rap. Like, watching LL and watching all these other cats. You know what I'm saying? So I was really happy to watch a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I, I wish I could have caught some of the tours and some of the bigger shows. Like, I'm out here in Tulsa, so I'm kind of with everything. Um, but as far as so so, um, more than just the 50th anniversary of hip hop, I always got a problem with the way um, you know when people think about hip hop culture, they only focus on. Oh, well, well, I don't want to lose you. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, you're, you're yeah. good, brother. Okay, cool, cool. All right, when people talk about hip hop culture, like the, the 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 disconnect between the quote unquote what they call the culture and the actual underground independent. It's very, 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 uh, you know, it's a huge disconnect. So um, all the shit that people say that isn't happening in hip-hop or it used to happen like this is absolutely happening now in real time. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I say this, and uh, D-Nick can attest to this, as national touring artists, you know, they're international. I'm, I'm still domestic at this point. But as us who go to these shows, and big markets and small markets, and we see some of the most incredible MCs. 
we see some of the most incredible DJs and b-boys and writers and whatever other piece of the culture that you want to add on to the elements or what have you. Um, and right. it, it never it never left. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, as a, as a Southerner, you know what I'm saying? As a Southerner, you know, I definitely uh, wish we was better represented. You know what I'm saying? When you have mm-hmm. these big concerts and things of that nature. Um, and the West Coast as well. You know what I'm saying? They went a whole lot of West Coast stuff besides like Snoop and Ice Cube. But like, you know, them dudes like, you know, if we, we talk about hip hop, we talk about the Good Life Cafe. We talking about a whole bunch of stuff, you know, that's really, really organic and stay true to like, you know what I'm saying, that particular feeling. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in, in Tulsa, I was, you know, I was the only person who did the uh, 50th year celebration event. And uh, it, it went pretty well. So, um, yeah, that might be a right. long way to answer the question, but yeah. I oh, know, it's it it good, like, you know, and it was safer. It was safer than I'd expect, but, you know. <laughs> All right, so I got a question for you guys. Okay, um, I'm sorry, True. Given that uh, both of you guys are pretty much relocations, because uh, I know, D-Nick, you say you were from uh, Flint, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, so and you're here in Chicago now, and Marcel, you're from uh, New Orleans, right? Baton, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, okay. And you're in Tulsa, so right. How does the now that you 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 guys in your new locations? How does the hip hop scene either you know are similar or different between the two locations? Um, mm. for who you want to go black or you want? You, you got it. You got it. Man, you know, so Flint is, you know, it's Michigan, so that's still Midwest, so the vibe is very similar to Chicago, but obviously Chicago got a whole lot of other things to it. Um, you know, just different from Flint. Man, I I always say that it's like being it's like being a foreigner on a small like, you know, micro level, you know, because you don't have the you can you can take the benefits and you don't have the burdens of being like chicago is a red line city you know so y'all don't y'all don't cross like southsiders don't go west and they don't go like north and hey, look, my insurance like, policy don't cover that mess west side no <laughs> but but i'm all city Okay. So I get to experience the South Side, West Side. I mean, I'm like North Lawndale, the West Side community claims me, you know what I'm saying? And so you get to maneuver, but Flint is not a a, a red line city. Like it had segregation, but you know, only thing Flint really had was white flight from the city to the suburbs. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, so it wasn't it wasn't none of that like that. Y'all were y'all grew up with here, so you get to maneuver. You get to study how to maneuver, and like for me, I just don't abuse that or take advantage of that, or even look down on other Chicago artists that can't get out of it. That also means that you gotta kind of defend yourself because you got some people that's like he ain't even from here, and then you get people that are like, oh no, Misfits is moving. That's Chicago hip hop, and they they hold you and they hold you tight. Like, don't let Flint claim them. You know what I'm saying? And then half of my group is like Chicago. There's only two of us from Flint. That's me and Mel. 
You know what I'm saying? Ray is from here. Jet and Defects and Solo is from here. You know, so it's it's like that. So it's been it's been dope, man. You know, I, Chicago's my home. I, you know, it's, it's my adopted home. I, I look at it like that, and I don't disregard Flint. I always, okay. always represent both on equal footing. My artistic career started here in Chicago. So right. I was always embraced. And I've done historical stuff for the city. So you can't really, you can't really like front on that. And, you know, as long as I show respect to the city and don't false claim, like I'm not embarrassed about being from Flint. You know, no disrespect to nobody, but I'm not like I'm not DJ like Premier. That claims Brooklyn and he's from Texas. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, God bless the dead. I'm not guru that's from Boston and claim Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm in that struggle. Like, what Mar Marcel P. Black was talking about how the South is underrepresented. The Midwest is crazy underrepresented because we're like, our talents are always poached. Right, but I'm you know, I'm passing to black. <clears throat> so, my, my, so I, I've never had the luxury of operating in a city as an artist where I was born. So, I was born in southern Oklahoma, you know, say all Oklahoma is 100 miles north of Dallas, 100 miles south of Oklahoma City, 30 miles north of the Texas border. Google small town, like 30, 32,000 people, 13 percent black. I went to Southern University in Baton Rouge. And that's why I lived for 20 years, right? So, 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 like, I, I've never had the luxury of, like, you know, being a thing in a place where, you know, I went to school with everybody at, and, and, and went to summer camps and church and play ball, right? So, I've always had to, like, maneuver as an outsider, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, so, as far as Baton Rouge, it's, it's very similar to, like, uh, what, what Nick was saying, like, um, I was our city. Like, so because I wasn't from a hood, I can go to any hood. You know what I'm saying? And I was good. Yeah, and plus, you know, I'm a conscious MC. I do like a lot of work in the community. It's similar to D Nick. So like they know that like when we come to the hood, we ain't coming to BS, we come in to work with these kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um um but Baton Rouge and Tulsa, um, and I've I've only been in Tulsa for two and a half years and I came like almost in the middle of the pandemic. So like that kind of skews Every, it, it like it, it shifted a lot of stuff, but um, Baton Rouge. So, so I, I guess the main difference is it's like Baton Rouge is like sixty eight percent black, right? But it's, it's like two hundred fifty thousand people, but it's like sixty percent black, right? Tulsa is about a little over half a million, so it's double the size of Baton Rouge, but it's only like thirteen to fourteen percent black. Like people see that Black Wall Street shit and think it's that North Tulsa. North Tulsa is that. You know what I'm saying? But and, and Greenwood is a very, very, very small area. Like, like, like there's a big misconception that Black Wall Street and Greenwood is just like, nah, it's 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 it's, it's a lot of struggle out there, right? Um right, right. But I but I would say the major difference between the two cities is I mean, of course, like on top of on top of like uh the different like cultural influences that make up, you know what I'm saying, the, the music or what have you. Um Baton Rouge has South Louisiana specifically has like two very distinct type of club and street music. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Baton Rouge has jig music. Uh, I'm trying to think of a. Uh, hmm. it's, it started like in the early 2000s 
like the pill epidemic hit Baton Rouge real tough. And they would call it, you know, it was ecstasy pills mixed with all type of crazy shit. And they would call it jiggalators. And I guess one motherfucker popped a pill and started doing this particular dance. And you know what I'm saying? It just became a whole culture and a, and a whole style of dance or whatever. It's like, right. you know, like, you know what I'm saying? And so you have that. You know what I'm saying? And then New Orleans has bounce music on top of the street music they had with like No Limit Cash Money, that particular sound. And so it's very difficult to maneuver. You know, and, and it's, the Deep South is all about partying, right? It's all about having a good time. So like the, the, the main two musics for South Louisiana is either party music or street music. Up here in Tulsa, it's not really like that, right? It, like street music does not have a chokehold. So like you'll find like you'll find like different pockets where you got your super duper weird rap, your super duper underground backpack rap, you got your trap rap, you got your young nigga rap, and you got, you know, and then, and then you got like um so Tulsa, you know, the, the gap band is for Tulsa, right? So mm-hmm. Tulsa has like a strong and long legacy of funk and soul bands. And so to a lot of people, they might think that the, that, that the music sounds like G-Funk. Like, nah. Like, nah. Like, like it, there's a very local and like organic funk and soul sound. So where it sounds kind of what other, what other people would consider West Coast, right? But it's really, mm-hmm. you know, organic Tulsa sound. And so more artists are able to kind of maneuver um, and like work together across like different styles. Like in Baton Rouge, it's split down the middle, right? You either street club or you hip hop or you underground, right? You know what I'm saying? Or you or you the backpackers. And so I was able to when I first got to Baton Rouge uh, at the particular time there was no underground hip hop scene. Over the 20 years I was there, I was able to kind of like revitalize and kind of put the underground on my back and make it a thing. And like we kind of we we made Baton Rouge. I was able to make Baton Rouge like uh, a touring stop destination because I would go on the road and all the different things that I learned on the road, all of the artists who I, who I, who I, who I dealt with, you know what I'm saying? I would try to make it a stop in Baton Rouge, you know what I'm saying, for them. And we kind of made it a thing. Since I left, it kind of died off, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be sure, but I just want to give you full context. As far as Tulsa, and Baton Rouge is very, very, very segregated. So like, so, so like um, what's crazy is though, North North Baton Rouge, where the black people are, there is no hip hop, or underground hip hop, by Southern, or you know what I'm saying, where most of the black people are. All the underground hip hop shows take place, you know, in, in the south side of the parish, really close by LSU, because white folks ain't coming to North Baton Rouge to underground hip hop show. They'll come by LSU, and so and so like you know that's that was the genesis of me getting a, a big white fan base, because niggas ain't fucking with underground hip hop in Tulsa. Um, Tulsa is like very Tulsa centric, you know what I'm saying? Tulsa is very right. Tulsa centric. So like, it, it, like the the city actually gets behind local artists. Now, this is my last piece of it. So before the pandemic, I was touring through Tulsa two or three times a year, and that shit was motherfucking popping, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so that led to sixty different artists, mostly from Tulsa and people from the other places in Oklahoma. They put out an album called Fire in Little Africa. And it was about, you know, it was the Tulsa Race Massacre, and they put it out the weekend of the centennial. So a lot of those, a lot of those artists were a little bit older, right? And everybody and, and so the album got picked up by Motown. And so it was getting a lot of press, and they was on the Breakfast Club and all the other type of stuff, right? Well, they put it out in the middle of the pandemic, and on top of you know, so it was kind of difficult to maneuver and really work the album. But on top of that, a lot of these people was not really prepared. And so 
it kind of it kind of it kind of came and went, and so a lot of the older artists kind of thought that was a, that that was a last shot, and they they haven't really been active afterwards. But what that's led to is a whole generation of young cats in between like eighteen to twenty five who are coming up, you know what I'm saying, and like the cipher culture is real big, and so like a lot of the old cats, I ain't saying they cooked, I ain't saying they washed, but they just not as motivated because they saw something really big kind of float away. But now the young cats, the young cats is hungry. And they're they trying to rap every single chance that they get or whatever. So right. it's, it's been like, you know, it's it's, uh, it's very interesting, um, you know, and, and just, you know, just me being, you know, I'll, I'll be 40 in a couple of weeks, you know what I'm saying? So like me being a, 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 a an established indie, independent touring veteran moving to a new city, having to learn how to maneuver as a local artist again has been, it's had its ups and downs. I still keep a pretty decent national touring schedule even as a full-time teacher but like trying to figure out you know what i'm saying my place you know when everything has changed so much in tulsa it's had its ups and downs uh but the young the young the young cats is rocking with me you know what i'm saying so i mean that's kind of right. where i'm at with it that's what it's about man you was you was a whole legend in baton rouge so <laughs> you know, i mean you know on the road you know so it on the road right it, on the road like i still like i mean Nick, I mean, you know, Nick know how we tour. People, you know, like I do everything by myself. And so, like before the pandemic, I was Gucci, right? I didn't think I'd be able to tour like that again. Last summer proved me wrong. I did probably my most ambitious and like longest tour ever last summer. You know what I'm saying? And this summer, mm -hmm. I couldn't have because we was moving to another, another, another house or whatever. But like, so around the country, I can still do what I did before. But where I'm at, I gotta start all over again. Like I, I'm taking more, and I, you know, hope that you know. I won't say this too loud, but like I've done more free shows locally than I've ever have. While I can say that I have in the last 15 years, just to kind of like show these cats who I am. Because just think about it, like, like when you're in a so we're like there's a direct there's a direct correlation um when it comes to cities with touring artists, right? Cities that have artists tour, like cities that are a touring location often have artists who live there who tour as well. Right? So right. for me, right. I'm a touring artist, but nobody tours through Tulsa, which is crazy because you got two big colleges, you got a nice downtown, you got venues, a lot of music all over the city, city, uh, all over the town. Nobody tours, like underground guys, whatever, they don't route through Tulsa. And so therefore, nobody here has really seen the benefit of trying to rap outside of Tulsa. And right. so like... Right. And so I, I so I come to the table being like, look, I I performed in 30 states last year. These niggas ain't performed in 30 venues in town in their whole life, and they're not really considered about it. And so it's like, okay, nigga, what do you do? Like, like yeah, you open up for Karis one, but where he at? What have you done? What have you done at this open mic, right? So I've been, I, I so I've been so this summer when I got back from tour, I kind of spent the time just bullying niggas. Like, yo, y'all niggas right. rapping over vocals, y'all niggas like, I'm about to show you why I do what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, I, I, spent, I spent like I spent time bullying niggas to like this is why I do what I do. Don't get it fucked up, or whatever. Right. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm mad so, with it. So my my next because there's a lot of jams that you guys threw out, and I kind of want to get back to some of the jams that you did. So around. My first question was you brought up the fact that um, as far as with, with indie artists. To me, it feels like that 
indie artist is like, it's almost like y'all don't exist in this facet of, of like hip hop. It's like certain people you'll do shows with as a whole, it's almost like you don't exist while they can hear your stuff, see what you're doing, and then kind of, or not even kind of, they can take your style, they can take your IP or your idea and and, and do it for themselves. Um, and it's like you guys wasn't the ones that was doing it before. And I wonder as just for 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 you guys like how do you guys maintain in that in that space knowing that that can happen and is, is there a way that you can protect what you do so nobody else could take your take your ideas your 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 IP basically oh yeah um Biden is very prevalent for not just with hip hop, but all of the indie moving artists, you know, from 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 since the beginning of people doing this stuff. I've been bit a lot of times. Cause so the, the, the thing too one you know, like when you're at the top, you you know you're not you can't move with the people. So they can only tap us for you know for ideas and for certain experiences and for freshness you know um and a lot of times they they don't like to help out the younger artists like how like black and and microphone misfits do and myself because you know they don't want them to learn like wisdom from us and then take the jewels and then be out of here but to me it's like you if they, if I got a student and they don't become better than me, either they was a garbage student or I was a trash teacher. It's it's either or. Because <laughs> I want my students to be better. Baby Roro is nice. J Rockin' is nice. My nephew was just on the on the news. You know what I'm saying? Like Tamarvis, you know, shout out to DJ Dolo. Like, you know, he started, he came out of our camp. He's nice. He's, you know, he's doing stuff with WGCI. Like, my, you know, our youth is nice, but, you know, that's a threat. People will try to jack you. I know some, like, some of our friends have been jacked by, like, you know, people that they've worked with that are bigger than them. And it's, it's how that goes. So to combat that, you just got to get ferocious on the branding. Like the branding is, is important and is, you know, very, very capitalistic. I know Marcel ain't really with that, but it's, it's, it's the thing. Like I, I get so tight sometimes when I see people like trying to do their own version of Red Road. They're like, nah, I know where that come from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know where that comes from. Stop it. Right. Or, you know, there's people now that, what is it, next year that breaking will be in the Olympics. You know, it's not like outside of little minor one-off joints, man, there ain't nobody that does B-boy music like the microphone misfits. 
You know what I'm saying? Let's let's keep it a thou while. Like, you know, it's not me boasting or bragging. There's people who do, who got joints that fit in there. You know, I can name them. You can get Homeboy Sandman got a got a one-off song, you know. Um respect, you know, uh Jurassic Five are no they're not really B-boy music, they just harmonize a lot over breaks, so Sometimes that gets thrown in there, but you know, people who do that and intentionally target that, that that's, that's us. Cause half of us is dancers. Like all of us are really dancers, but in terms of microphone misfits functionality, like we're, we're, we're a hip hop. We're not even a purely rap group. We're a hip hop group. There's just as many dancers as there are music, music, like, like components you know what i'm saying that's what makes the band the band you know and and so it's it's the thing especially in a city like chicago like chicago is the most like crazy segregated place ever from the dancers to the ethnics and the and the regional stuff even even the the whole south versus west thing in chicago like you know, you you know the first wave of the migration from the south was on the south side, and that's the southerners. The west side, them the country people, and and you know we all come from like got origins in the south, so we know there's a difference. Well, us of being further up north, we don't always know, but Marcel could speak to this even more intently. There's a significant difference between country and southern. You know yeah. And so the, that like when we when we talk about Chicago, like South Side versus West Side, South Siders all got like grandmas and all of that, mostly generally speaking, from the southern areas. Where on the west side, them people come from Arkansas, and I'm from Michigan, so my roots is from the country too. Not so much the southern, the ladies of West Side. That's why I really gravitated to the West because it remind me more of Flint. You know what I'm saying? Because all our grandparents, they they come from the country. You know what I'm saying? We're on the South Side. You know, they a little more highfalutin than they come from the Southern. <laughs> so you know, and then you trickle into. The like where he was talking about in, in Baton Rouge, where they had the street rap and the dance. That's that's Chicago. The extra hippity hop people, the lyrical miracles, and all of the b boys and b girls. Man, they they're different from the drilled like from well from the ghetto house dancers, and then from the footworkers and and like the the. Our brothers and sisters in the gay community are doing the heavy whacking, you know what I'm saying, and all of that stuff, and I and or the poppers and the lockers, and a lot of that stuff. You know, funk come from the Midwest. Like if you look at Dr. Dre's roster, his top ghostwriters have all been from the Midwest, from Jay Flex, even currently, or he recently left, but currently, you know, you talk about uh. What's my man from Flint? Um, John. John, Con- John Con- yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, so he's from Flint. Like, it's all from the Midwest. They, those samples are all funk stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it, you know, it's, it's that whole thing. 
you know the, you know so so it, it's always getting coached but that's the business you know what i'm saying so the, the way i can get that is have like me and my brothers we try to have a, a ferocious show that you know it's going to be real hard you can probably duplicate it once or twice but can you sustain a microphone misfit show you know we we've been blessed to be able to sustain that you know, for over 11 years, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and, and like I'm a couple of, I'm a couple of days away from 40. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's a, it's a thing. So that's how you navigate it and you just really get ferocious on the branding so that, you know, and try to instill like your, your people. And that's where like working with a lot of young artists like they, they're the ones that can hold up that fight for us too, you know, and our supporters and our fans hold up the fight and, you know, and, you know, and, but it's, it's designed to be that way. Like those people, those people are the guys at the top, former top 40 people, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing. And a lot of them struggle when they got to come down. They don't remember how to maneuver in these spaces, they don't remember because they've they've only only toured when they had hit records. So when they don't have hit records no more, man, they struggle. They they don't they don't like getting in the van. You know what I'm saying? Like I I've been on a tour with J. Rue the Damager, and he couldn't stand being in the 15 passenger van with a bunch of rappers. You know what I'm saying? Right, you know he didn't he didn't stay with none of us, and you know promoters are like, no, nah, I'm not finna do that no more. But they they have to trickle down, they have to come back down. Like um, Killer Priest was just here with Pugs, like you know uh Wednesday last right. week, you know because you know Woo affiliates ain't like doing no big shows with Live Nation, right. <laughs> Especially when you got to do those weekday dates, you got to come to Sub T. You know what right. I'm saying? You got to tap in with us. We have a lot of equity. You know what I'm saying? If we choose to use it or, you know, whatever. Like, that's how like, that's how Black became, like, a legend in Baton Rouge. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, for us, we travel amongst the dance circles, mostly the dance and the nerdcore circles, you know, because don't nobody... A lot of, I hate to say it, but a lot of like extra rapidy rap people don't like catering to like our professionalism and like, and the fact that we got our own DJ and it's all of this type of stuff, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we class ourselves out of our counterparts. So we got to actively take a step down if we choose to build with people that are not as leveled up in this space. And I hate even using these terms because it's all superficial at the end of the day, but it just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. But yeah, man, so long story less long, Brandon, bro, you just got a brand. Right. Just really you know the, the The other thing I wanted to bring up with, uh, with you two guys is... Um, you know, um, I, 
it seemed like you guys, and maybe I'm wrong in this assessment. Sometimes you guys seem like that that people will think that all these these motherfuckers are hard set. Like D Nick, you in the group. Not only do you you know y'all you got red light coming out flag and he's dancing, and you got you got Jack, you got Defect, you got Ken, and they're dancing. And you got uh, your nephew and baby Roa up there. They're dancing too. You got Mel doing the DJ, and it's like, okay, these guys put on a hard, these guys put on a dope show, but it's like, that's a hard sell. And then like Marcel, you know, from our conversation, you know, you're you're you are ten toes down a rapper. And that and seems that like a hard sell because now it's just like, okay, well, what do I do with this? A I Southern like, conscious like rapper. A Southern conscious rapper. Right. A Southern conscious rapper. That's a hard sell. Do you think that you guys really are that hard of a signal or just motherfuckers be lazy? All right. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm going to try to wrap both questions into it. Um, so, um, it was a hard sell for me beginning in Baton Rouge, in which kind of so when you talk about like, am I worried? Have, am I worried about people biting? Not if not so much, because I was an underground backpack conscious rapper living in Baton Rouge. That you know, to them, I'm always from Oklahoma, even though the artist Marcel P. Black was you know built and born in Baton Rouge. But nobody, no, nobody's jacking. Nobody's jacking. Uh, no, niggas in bad rules is not jacking from a conscious rapper, right? Like, like it was, it it would be, it would be, it would be rappers who were closet fans and tell me that they play their music for my parents because it's you know whatever they got the knowledge to it, but they would never publicly uh uh, uh, uh rock with me or do a record with me because I quote nobody want to hear that black shit and nobody want to hear you talk bad about white folks, right? Um, right, right. It was it wasn't until I dropped Cry Freedom, summer two thousand sixteen. And it came out, you know, it coincidentally came out two weeks after, after Stunner was lynched by Bad Roots PD. That's when it became cool to have a message of your music. And I'd already been doing it, you know what I'm saying? So, and then plus, like, my album was, like, the soundtrack to the movement and, and, and the protest or whatever, right? Um, right. So, but no, nobody wants nobody wants to, uh, no nobody locally wants to bite a conscious rapper, right? Um, right. I can say, I can't say, and I, I've never said this publicly, but I, I don't like, you know, the older you get, the less you give a fuck. Um, Killer Mike has taken about at least four of my bars and flipped them. Mm. And, and like, like if, 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 if you know, if you know me, you've been following me, you know, I do have a relationship with Killer Mike. Uh, going back to when I opened up for him 10 years ago, when he came to Bad Rouge, we stayed in contact. He's, I've sent him music. Uh, for him to get on, I've given him music or whatever. I have, uh, I had it's on it's on an old phone, but I was trying to get him on my Cry Freedom album, and I sent him completed songs, and I have video I had on an old phone, video of him like listening to it in the studio, right? I've given right. him CDs, right. and like it's all, and so I, I have a record where I say, um, I'm a mixture of Scarface and Chuck D, and he comes around and says, I'm a mixture of Brad Jordan and Chuck D. Well, if I say I'm Shaka Zulu with a Ruga, he'll say it. And it's, it's, it's been a couple different, at least I can't think of everything on top of my head. 
So um, if any, so when we talk about like bigger name artists who might you know borrow a little bit or bite a little bit, I can actually say the Killer Mike is taking some of my stuff, right? Boom. Um, but that is what it is. Whatever that is, what it is. Like that's I don't really sweat off of it. Like I talk about right. Um, so so as far as me uh, being a conscious artist, being a hard, hard sell. Yes, it was a hard sell, but what changed everything for me. So, so first it was the Cry Freedom album to where this kind of hip hop album was the heart and soul of bad rules for a limit for amount of time. The next thing that happens is Donald J. Trump is voted president. Now everybody's mad. And white folks are showing their ass. And so now so now black folks <laughs> so, so so now black folks have like a heightened, you know, that you know, they want a little more politics or at least you know what I'm saying? Uh, anti, you know they want they want a little some some black empowerment in their raps, right? And so D Nick can tell you I have a song called Hallelujah, and but on the hook I would I would lead the crowd chanting "Fuck Donald Trump." So I I, I went from um I went from nobody will hear that black shit, nobody will hear you talk about uh these white folks bad to I became the fuck Donald Trump guy, right? Um, right. and, and and which 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 was a thing, um and, and so and so, I remember like I was touring the South real heavy, and some of my friends were like, "That shit's not going to work on the East Coast. That shit's not going to work in the Midwest." And I'd be damned. And, and it was like if I'm sending you an email in Chicago saying, "My name is Marcel P. Black. I'm from Bad Rouge." The first thing they did is boost in Webby or NBA Young Boy Kevin Gates. So it was it was difficult to break outside of the region at first. It just took me getting up there. And once I get up there, I showed and proved, right? Um, yeah. And I, I did my shit, right? And so then what happened to me, and I guess this goes to Brandon as to what uh, D-Nick was saying, um, 2019, I officially launched, well, you know, I'd already been doing it for a year, but 2019, you know, I appoint myself the leader of the Stop Rapping Over Vocals movement, right? <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so now I'm, you know, I got this railroad movement going on and the fact that I'm a I'm a 20 year career conscious rapper doesn't matter as much because people want that railroad shit. And so I will come and rap all type of Pan African, you know. I'm talking about punching crackers in the face and fuck the cracker school curriculum, all that like straight up black militant. I'm shooting police and all type of shit, right? Right. But all these all these motherfuckers here is rhythm season rap over vocals. And so I still rap the same black ass militant. I mean, my shit is even more more radical. Than it was, you know what I'm saying now. But right. you know what I'm saying. My conclusions and my analysis are more, more are further left. You know what I'm saying. I'm a whole socialist out here. But all they hear is rhythm season rap over vocals, right? Um, right. So, right. like, I wasn't the first person to say stop rapping over vocals, stop rapping over your lyrics. I was, however, the first person to say rhythm season rap over vocals. And so now, from a branded standpoint, you have you have no idea. In a week's time, how many times I get tagged in posts about hey man, somebody rapping over vocals or like you know what I'm saying? And so what I do, I just share it organically. And like I've like and, and, and so from a branded standpoint, you know what I'm saying, like that's what it is, right? And so like I agree with you, like um, you know, the branded stuff or whatever, you know, capitalism, but this is my thing. I stand on culture. So like as far as the industry, the way I maneuver that to get around it, I don't give a fuck about the industry. I really don't. I'm ten toes down in the fucking culture. I stand on culture. I stand on principle. I stand on black music. I stand on Pan Africanism. 
I stay, I stand on black liberation theology, and that's what I'm gonna do. So like, like I literally gotta say, I say, uh, 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 when it comes to hip hop, I'm always stand on principle. So I don't give a damn about what these mainstream niggas do. I don't give a fuck about what the industry say. Most of the people just white supremacists anyway. That's how I rock, right? So like, so like, it, it, I, I'm investing in the youth. I'm investing in the young artists. I'm teaching them the culture. I'm not teaching them to rap like LL Cool J. I want you to rap how you rap, but I want you to respect hip hop. I want you to respect whatever craft or discipline you're getting in. You know what I'm saying? Within the elements, you put that work in, you create your own art that's going to last forever. And so that's what I invest. I don't give a fuck about what they do. Now, absolutely, like, am I about getting my bread? You know what I'm saying? When I'm touring the days of day, I'm selling my merchandise, this, that, and the third. But I don't, I don't answer to no white men in suits. You know what I'm saying? As far as what I do, with the art or the culture or what have you. Mm-hmm. So I, I just put my head down. I do the work. I do the work. You know what I'm saying? I do the work. I I, I try to go murder every stage I get on. I try to go make, um, um, I, I try to make relationships with every, with every artist, you know, I meet whatever that's like-minded, regardless, like myself and D Nick, we are completely different type of artists, but you should hear the conversations that we have because we're like-minded. When I'm staying at this house, when I'm in Chicago as a house guest, right? Like we have so much in common. You know what I'm saying? Big Virgo energy. You feel me? Like we're yeah. about the same age. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm the I'm I'm the country cousin to the misfits. And when I come when <laughs> okay. I come through when I, when I come through Chicago, they hold me down like like the nation of Islam hold Jay Electronica down. Like yo, you know what I'm saying? So like, but but that's what we do though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And, 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 and we link up like that, and that's what it's about. I don't give a fuck about what they do. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't need I don't need Nas to come back and drop. You know, I like some of the albums with Hip Boy, but I don't need Nas to save hip hop every X amount of months at age 50. Because not only am I doing what I'm doing, not only is D Nick doing what he's what he's doing, but I know all the dope rappers in these cities. And at the same time, I was I've been listening to Marlon Craft out there, white kid out of Hell's Kitchen, New York. Dude is incredible. She can just drop the album. She's incredible. My man Bully Jones and Bad Rouge, I mean Bad Rouge just dropped the album. Black Milk just dropped the album. Odyssey dropped. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw a lot of my favorite artists, Sky Zoo dropped an incredible album. Superstition dropped two incredible albums this year, right? And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm tapped into. Like that, I'm tapped into that piece of the culture. I'm tapped into that, you know what I'm saying? That type of situation. And I give a fuck about what they do in South Bronx or fucking LA or whatever. Like I'm outside. I'm in I'm in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm in Athens, Georgia. I'm in motherfucking Omaha, Nebraska. You you give me a hundred niggas who wanna, you know what I'm saying, put their put their hands in the air, waving like they don't care. That's where I'm at. I'm where the culture's at. Right. And so they can do right. whatever they're gonna do, but it's not gonna stop me. Or what have you? Because I've I've done the time to build that fan base and make them and, and I can like, you know, D Nick the same, we the same age. Like there's a certain age that every rapper should uh, should there's a certain age that every rapper should strive to get to. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. It's an age that you get to where you're so old it doesn't matter how old you are. If that makes any sense, right? Yeah. Like, right. like, 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 at forty, I go on the road, and there's always going to be a group of white males from twenty-five to forty-five who want to hear what I do. Period. Right? I'm right. not going to appeal to like kids or whatever. 
You know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to appeal to those, right? And I say, you know, I say white males because it's mostly white kids. My, my, my black folks be out there too. A, a whole other conversation is why black people don't support underground hip hop, but that's, that's another conversation. But what I'm saying is like, they don't care that I don't sound like Lil Dirk. They don't care that I don't sound like Boosie. They don't care I don't sound like NBA Young Boy. I can do this song that I dropped 12 years ago and I sample KRS One, and that's what they want. They want that legendary, true, true school feeling, right? When, when you when you go to a Misfit show, you're not about to get what you hear from the radio in Chicago. You know you're going to get like you you're about to get a damn block party on stage. Like the first time I saw the Misfits, I was exhausted. You would have got your ass up there dancing like Ray. Like, yo, this is the most hip hop shit I've ever seen in my life. This, you know what I'm saying? But but like but but like but you know what I'm saying, but like that's what you're going to get, and that's what people want from, from that. It doesn't matter that they're not on WGCI. It doesn't matter that they you know what I'm saying, that they not spinning the block with the ops with the sticks or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like it's a it's a sweet spot that it takes a long time to work towards. And to a lot of younger artists, it don't look sexy, but I promise you, like I, you know, if whenever I whenever I stop touring, it won't be be because I fell off. It won't be because my shit is whack. It'll be because you know what, I'm prioritizing my family. That you know what I'm saying. It's because all right, look, I'm I'm gone from my house. My daughter about to graduate. Let me come home. You know what I'm saying. It, it won't right. be because the, the demand isn't there. It's because my back hurt, nigga. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, I got you know what I mean. Like you know what I'm saying. Like let me see my you know what I'm saying. Whatever. So. Yeah, that, that's 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 pretty much all I was trying to say. I don't know, no doubt, man. Good stuff and uh, shout out to Big Virgo Energy because uh, I think all of us here in that group, right? Hey. Oh, that's crazy. Uh huh. Like what? My that's birthday crazy. is what, that's crazy. Day, so yeah. I'm I'm, I'm September I'm September 11th. So yeah, yeah. We we all here. We all here. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. First Tree day, August twenty third, King of the Virgos. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Right. Yeah, because Tree Tree is twenty fifth. I'm August twenty seventh. Um, Marcel, you said you September, right? Yeah, I'm September eleventh. Dina, August twenty third, first day. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Yo, uh, so okay, so, birthday shout outs to all of us. But, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so so this is another question that I want to ask you guys as far as being um um indie artists. As far as touring. Um for for me, I would feel like if I had to tour as much as you get and then it's come back, it's like I had to come back to this like real world. Like, like, I gotta, I gotta, I got a job to do. Yeah, like, I gotta go to work or whatever like that. It was there ever a time where it was just like you would get off an amazing tour, and like, and I gotta be regular me again. Or and and if there was a time like that, when did it snap and you just be like, well, it this is life. Oh man, shit, man! When I the first time I went to North Africa on that was my longest tour. It was my first time in being going international, and like, and that was through the State Department. 
So people don't know, his little jewel artist, the state, the the State Department and the embassies, like have these programs. Like I just did a show with D One. He's about to do his first one. You know, like with the State Department, where they pay you, you go and you're going to these different countries and they put together a tour. You work with the local artists in whatever country you you at, right? Right. And so this is my first time. This is back in 2010. Doing this, I never been on like that long of a tour, and it was literally like being a celebrity for a month because you had to do the embassy gives you the same things that they give the top 40 artists. So you were staying in five star hotels, eating five star dinners, and you're doing two hour press junkets every every morning where someone would sit up there and interview for 15 to 20 minutes and then next, and then, you know, your interpreter is interpreting it and interpreting you and then you're, you're just next, 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 you're doing that for two hours. And then after a week, you're a celebrity. At least when we was there, we, we, your, your face is all over like the newspaper. And you know, like, man, like you get a bodyguard cause the embassy got to protect you. So I'm like, holy shit, I got a bodyguard. It's Farouk. <laughs> it's my dude. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, and then, like, when, what happened with us, man, like, we get, you know, Turkish Airlines sponsored our tickets. But when the tour is over and we're flying back to Chicago, they say, uh, you know, we oversold the flight. And since you didn't uh, like pay for your tickets, we just gave you a ticket. Either you can pay for a first class flight, or you can, uh, you know, you can upgrade. You can fly when we say you fly. And so you're just stuck. We're literally stuck in Turkey for you know what I'm saying four days. And it's like mm. you hit up the embassy, you hit up the U.S. embassy, and in Turkey and they're like you ain't do no tour here click you hit up the US embassy in North Africa and they like um well your tour is over click and so you're stuck we were, I was sleeping in the in the Algerian cafe and the only reason I could sleep in the Algerian cafe is cuz they saw us on Algerian news it's still on YouTube you know what I'm saying and it's just like dang and you stuck, and then you got to get out of here. You like, got to get home, and you're just stuck. And family is worried, and nobody knows. You just, and then finally, your your tour money kicks in, and you just bite the bullet and just pay for a ticket. And then you go. I'm on the plane now. I, this is my first big international tour. I've never been on like gone that long, like at that at this time particular time. So. I didn't do any of the tour preparations. So I'm I get I get back to Chicago and it's like, oh, I can't call nobody. My phone is off because I haven't paid the bill in forever. All right, let's turn that bill back on. And then, you know, I'm on the train with my embassy rep and the newspapers and magazines that I grab with my face on the cover of it. And don't nobody give a fuck. I'm on the train riding back to my shitty apartment in Chicago. And um, I haven't been without Farouk for, you know, a month. So I'm on the train in Chicago, like, dang, I'm exposed. 
I can get beat up. I can get jumped. I'd have to be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I ain't from the hood. I'm like, where's Farouk? Farouk and I right. got <laughs> my life. And then you just realize, like, man, no, none of these people on this train gives a fuck or know what you're doing. And, man, I almost quit. I was I went through a whole existential crisis because it literally felt like you click the lights on, we're, they're celebrities. You click the lights off, they're regular, degular people back again. And then from the after I kind of shook that off, and then I got home again. I haven't paid no bills in a month. I get home, lights out. Got to get the lights turned back on. <laughs> it's like you know, it don't they don't cut it on as soon as just like they you know how they quickly cut it off. They don't quickly cut it back on. So you just sit in the dark in your apartment, and then it's mm-hmm. like that. I was like, you know what? I will never, I, I created a philosophy for myself. I'll never believe my hype or nobody else's. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I'm I'm regular dude, really getting my Ross principles. I, I We call it love, and it is love in a transactional sense, but I know what love is. I got, I got an old lady. I got kids. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because that's what love is. I got a mama, you know. I got a, I had grandparents, uh, you know, I reconnected with my father. I, that's what, I got a brother. That's what love is. This is, you inspired these people and you did a service to them and they appreciate it. It's appreciation and admiration. And sometimes it is love because you got them through like a hard time. Like that song really motivated them, but it's, it's transactional. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it's like, you know, I can't, I can't believe the hype, you know what I'm saying? I won't let myself believe the hype. You know, I I I seen us go through that when we were, you know, when we went to China. That was different. Like Microphone Misfits is a big group, you know what I'm saying? So when we get to China and it's we're being chauffeured everywhere. We got a I got a van that we ain't got to drive. They gave us a, a road manager, so Mel ain't got a double as DJ and road manager, and you know. Like, it, it just becomes a thing. And, you know, we all get our own rooms. A lot of times, like I said, we're a big indie group, so a lot of times we got to bunk up. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes these mm-hmm. comedy conventions give us two hotels. So, but but even if they give us two hotels, we all got to bunk up. You know what I'm right. saying? We have a we have a, a, a air mattress in the van always ready. So it's like, you know, especially, like, if all six of us go, if all six of us go, somebody's going to have to get that air mattress. You know what I'm right. saying? Sleep on that air mattress. And so it's the thing. Because they dancers, they, they got to sleep on, they got to sleep on, the, like, on the something soft. You know what I'm saying? And and so, like, it, it can be if you, if you, I, for me, I don't allow myself to believe any of the hype. I don't, like, people are like, why, why are you so humble, man? Talk your shit. It's like, nah, man, I, like, most people ain't never been a celebrity. I've been guilty of that too. You know, yeah, you, you, yeah, you like talk your shit, but like, man, I've like to be a It took a month and I was a celebrity in a foreign country in a month. People pulling my club. Man, the first time someone tried to like grab my belt because I had a red, gold, and green roster belt and somebody was like, oh, you know, Algerian dude grabbed my belt because he thought it was nice. I wasn't even tripping. He grabbed my belt and Farouk just grabbed him, yoked him up and tossed him all off to the side. I'm like, <laughs> Man, you almost got bow-wowed. 
Man, like he just was he just was admiring the belt, but Farouk wasn't going for all of that. Right. Man. You know, and uh yeah, so it was a it was a thing. So like I um I I just yeah, I don't I just don't let myself be conditioned to to believe in it that it don't go to my head. It don't, you know, it, you know, I don't even be in the moment. Like I, I I learned I learned recently how like all of those dudes that had money, like how they went broke, like helping the community and helping out their peers. They went broke because you can't enjoy it. You can't enjoy it. You focus on what's next. If you're like really engrossed in the business, you're focused on what's next. Always focus on what's next. So when you have someone that isn't like an artist and not focusing on what's next, like I, like I man, we just did these shows with Chicken Man, and that's my little brother who was roadieing for us, and he loves it. You know, he throwing a microphone, misfit T-shirt, and everybody want him to join in pictures, and he just loves it because it's like, man, this is. And he ain't trying to rap or DJ or do or dance or nothing. He just want to sell merch and, you know, be a part of the thing and support us. But like, so he's having the ball and you enjoy it through other people. You know what I'm saying? And that's what makes it what, what that's what make people like want to go and spend money. Oh, I want to have everybody and enjoy it with us so I can be in the moment. Cause when you on the grind, you focused on what's next. You're focused on what's next. You're focused on right. your show and your craft and all of that type of stuff. And it ain't no joke, man. Is like so, like believing that type of hype is is man. It's to me, it's no good. Like I can't, I can't easily. I'm a creature of habit. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a total creature of habit. People are like, dang, watch the man don't don't smoke or don't don't drink like man like i'll have an edible but like if i smoke one i, I got a, a thin voice a, a thin vocal cord my vocal cords are damaged so i can't smoke but if i was smoking all the time i would smoke all the time like because i'm such a creature of habit like i don't i don't want none of that right so i'm just so i just practice this is fake i appreciate you and that's that's how I go. I just show my appreciation, show my grace, and I don't believe any of the hype. I don't like let anything go to my head. And I'm just like, okay, this is this is what it is, I, you know. And that's a practice. You got to really practice that stuff. Like at least for me, like you know, I can't believe yeah. I don't. I don't believe any of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just appreciative of all of it. No, nah, I dig that, man. Uh, Marcel, what, what about you? Um, my father was a gospel musician. Um, while um, you know, being really heavy in the church, and he was also a uh, juvenile probation officer, and he he saw he saw, you know, him him being. He he was a deacon, but he you know he he was a Christian, and uh, God bless his soul. He saw his music as an extension of his ministry, as was his profession, right? So like right. he was a juvenile probation officer, but he he was the one like he had a pact, not a pact, but like he had a relationship with 
one of the one of the biggest drug dealers in town, who all of his sons were gang members. And whenever whenever one of those gang members would get uh, in trouble, they would want my dad to be a juvenile probation officer because he would make sure they would get caught up in the system. He he was a great mentor. He was a great role model, and he would make sure that they wouldn't get you know get, get washed up in the system. But he still held them accountable. Right. So I grew up being, you know, and like it did like every other weekend on top of my father singing, you know, at our home church every Sunday, pretty much every other weekend or at least once a month, we was on the road going somewhere for him to sing at somebody's church or program or whatever community event. So this is all I know. All I know is working with kids and doing music and I see them. I've been blessed like, 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 I've been blessed to like kind of intertwine them both, right? Like, like I was, I was politicized in terms of like radical politics or black consciousness via hip hop, and so um, the only thing I really know is using black music as an extension of the ministry. So I never. Um, you know, as as a working class musician, like there was, a, there, there might have been. So right before the pandemic, it was like the only time in my life I was ever able to be a full time rapper and just literally do rap shit and let that pay my bills. I've always had a job. I've always worked a full time job. I've always had a career. Even while I'm, even what like the the year that I performed in thirty three states, I had a full time job as a mental health counselor. Right, like last mm-hmm. summer. When I went on tour, you know what I'm saying? I did like 20 shows in like five weeks in like in like 18 different states. But like that was on my summer vacation, right? And so like and so for me, um, it's never an off time. But like you know, and I'm always putting hip hop and whatever I'm teaching or whatever I'm doing because I'm a hip hop dude. I represent the culture. Like that's who I am. In essence. I am a hip hop dude through and through. The way I talk professionally, the way I the way I dress, the way I act, the way I move, do I see the world, right? And so there, there, there's never a time where it's like, and then honestly, like I've always had to fight for everything, so I've never gotten comfortable. Like, like, like the nigga tell you, like, I go into warrior mode when I go to Chicago because it is my mission to make sure that they don't don't nobody ever disrespect Southern hip hop. <laughs> Straight up, like, 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 and then, like, you have to understand being a southern underground conscious rapper, like, it's difficult to move outside the state, but people don't understand the battles that I had to fight in Baton Rouge. Like, if I'm rapping about pan Africanism or police brutality, when everybody's jigging, how much of a performer do I have to be to get them to listen to me when I'm not rapping about the shit they normally want to hear? And so I got to fight against every nigga in this, in this bitch for you to remember who I am, right? And so I go into that warrior mode, and, you know what I'm saying? And so it's, I never get comfortable as far as, like, I'm this, I'm that. And, of course, afterwards, I feel good. You know, if I, if I, if I execute it to, to, to my standards, you know what I'm saying? I got to get better with taking compliments. I really do. Because I'm not, because I'm, I'm always, like, really critical of myself or whatever. But I go into warrior mode no matter where I go to this day. I don't get nervous. You know what I'm saying? I go into, I get I get it I get violent like I get like like in my mind it's like I'm about to fuck some shit up like and y'all gonna remember me ain't nobody when I leave this bitch you can't never say that big nigga wasn't spitting 
You right. were doing this shit, right? Like that, that's how I approach it, right? And so, and so like I don't know. I always go I always go in with that underdog mindset. And so I never get to that point to where it's like, damn, I was a star, but now this like nah I like I'm I'm a, like that's one thing I just one thing I don't care about Tulsa. These niggas way too cute. Like nigga, ain't, ain't nobody giving no work. Like ain't nobody rocking no crowd. Like I don't hear you, you're not loud enough. Like like you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing to move the crowd? So I'm I'm coming kind I'm kinda of coming with a different energy. Um right. so um I but I so I guess I guess if there was if there was one if there was one specific instance where I was like, damn, last week I was doing this. Cause I, I'm only saying because I saw the Facebook post, right? So um, a month from like the last year, last year when I came with D Nick and them and I did sub T's. I went crazy. That was one of the best shows I did in a long time. You know, sub sub T's on pay shit, but I made a, a, a lot of money off of merch and shit because I really did my shit, right? And like I, I blew my voice out that night. I was right. already kind of losing my voice. I blew my voice out. My next two shows kind of whack because in my mind, this is sub T, this is Chicago. I'm from all Oklahoma. I'm about to get these niggas work. Like, like I'm saying. <laughs> so mm-hmm. a, a month. So I, I, I just, I just saw the video. A month from that day, I was at a PD at my school, the school I was at last year, and people had no idea what I just been doing all summer, right? Like they right. had no idea. I'm. They had no idea to like, like. Like you know, y'all have no. I'm a teacher to y'all. I'm a good teacher, but y'all understand, I'm a fucking maniac on that stage, right? Like you know what I'm saying. And then like the school I was at last year, it was mostly Hispanic, and like it was it was a lot of lot of lot of like there was a lot of anti-blackness. It was a lot of like cultural disconnect, and so I didn't really broadcast the fact that I was a rapper because I didn't want it to be a distraction. And in my some so some days it would be like. Yeah, I have no idea what I was doing in Florida this last weekend. I'm just Mr. Williams, y'all. That's cool. Now, the last day of school, I performed for him, and my students went crazy, right? But, like, but, you know, but, so I guess that might be the only time where it's like, man, last week I was doing this, or maybe last night, but now I'm chilling. But for the most part, man, like, look, it's all the same. It's all the same to me. Like, like, D-Nick can tell you, man, like, there's a, there's, 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 there's a strong correlation between rocking the crowd and rocking the classroom. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, like, like I, I, I use, I use a lot of the same MC tricks that I do. Like, like, I, I, I would say being a classroom teacher has made me a better live performer because I know, I know how to keep the crowd's attention. I know, I know what I do with my students and how to talk. You know what I'm saying? You know, like you, you, you keep, you keep 38th graders' attention for an hour. You a bad motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Especially, right. especially when they got phones. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's so it's so like it's the same thing. It's the same thing that happens when you, when you MC. And so then there's a lot of a lot of the call and response and callbacks that I do when I'm on stage. You put your hands up if you did this, and okay, turn this, whatever, boom, boom, boom. I'm doing the same thing in the classroom. And so like so like you know, and then like I said, I'm always using hip hop, and so I kind of get my shit off, right? So you know, it's 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 all like directly correlated. I think for 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 where I am now in my life, you know, what I'm saying as a, as a hip hop artist. Like teaching is absolutely the best, the best uh, profession for me because it keeps me honest and it keeps me like on my toes. You know what so I'm saying? Right. Because I, I is it's because of the overlap and then the fact that I actually get to teach kids how to rap too. That's beautiful. So you know it is it's all connected. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, the thing, kind of man. Like, like man. you know, you, you do when we when we do like for us in particular, and we do totally different types of music, but it's not that different because all the messaging. 
and microphone misfits music is always about healing and getting better and coming up and doing better you know what i'm saying you know and 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 any type of battle same thing is like you know with crowd you know with more culture and cry freedom and all of that stuff um I mean, we got a whole got series a whole of, series of, of albums, albums and comic books called Escape from Babylon. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. So all of it is it, it kind of correlates. And then, like, we're, we're, like, we're educators. We work in education. Like, you know, I still teach, you know, I still teach music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still teach songwriting, music production. And I'm, and I'm a counselor now. And, you know, and it's like, you know, it's, it's it's cool. I'm still trying to convey a, a, a good energy. And, and, like, I live my raps. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm from that tradition. Like, you got to, you know, you live your raps. When they used to, when the, when they used to say, like, can, can a white man sing the blues? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's some real stuff because black people always live, live their raps. And, you know, I... Right. You know, it's um, for lack of a better term. So it, it it's a thing, you know. And and so with our outside work, it really it really correlates. Like especially working in like the nerdcore spaces now. Like you know, like them them kids, you know, like they're all video game nuts. So you know, if you just if I just I just did a show with Richie Branson, and they're like. They like, oh man, Mr. D Nick, you know what? Well, man, give me some, give me some Fortnite bucks. And it's like, uh, I ain't, I, I ain't got it like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's, <laughs> it's the thing because they, they know who he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they all into, to that. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it's working those different lanes, and you never know what kid is a dancer, and, and they like, you know, got kids. Eighth grader was trying to audition for like a performing arts high school. And so he's like, man, he was talking to me, his counselor. He was like, man, could you observe my my performance audition? And I'm like, I, you know, you got it, bro. And, you know, and because they know who I'd like. I'm not I'm not Mr. Stockman and them. I'm D Nick. That's like my professional name as an artist and as an educator. D-Nick is my professional artist name. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and that's, it's all in one. And you're not finna, not finna trick me. If you want the kids to learn respect and call me Mr. It's cool. You're not finna trick me into not doing that. You know what I'm saying? You're not finna, I'm not really here for your respectability politics. You know what I'm saying? So like every, you know, and there's teachers that don't like it. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. That's a teachable moment. There's some teachers that don't want to call me Mr. D-Nick or don't want to say D-Nick. And it's like, eh. I'm like, well, all right, well, you're going you gonna to respect me same way we got to respect them uh, non-binary kids. If they want to change their name, we don't call them by their dead name. So you're going to respect me as D-Nick. Right. <laughs> like in the same regard, you know, and that's how you, you know, you and you gotta you gotta fight for that type of stuff, right? You know, and because it is always a fight. I remember when Marcel said about like that warrior thing. I remember, man. I remember when I was on Power Style Radio and he was he was doing this tour. He was like he was a little nervous 
of like, he was like, man, you think these B-boys gonna, gonna be into these these country raps, man? Like, I was like, no, I do, because he performed at the at the Power Star anniversary, Power Star Radio anniversary. I was like, I was like, no, man, you got it. You, you gonna, they need to hear this. They need to hear this. And man, he he man, you couldn't tell him shit after he rocked that crowd. You couldn't tell. <laughs> I was worried. I was worried because my, my music was slow. I, it was slow. I was like, man, you know, because like, cause like, I saw what it was. Like, I had like when we went, I had no idea like what to expect. Like, I ain't never, I ain't never been to nothing like that before. I'm like, oh damn, everything is upbeat. And, you know, like quiet freedom and shit like that, and like the fuck down. It was like really, really slow records. I'm like, damn, this is gonna work, but it, it absolutely. Because the thing about it, like. And this is what they got learned, like when I really start touring the Midwest. Like, you come down to Louisiana. This is what I always say: you got you got white people, black people, and you got light skinned niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's not <laughs> culturally, it's not that diverse. You got white folks, black folks, and Creoles, right? It culture is not that diverse. But the song "Hallelujah," aka "Fuck Donald Trump," it's a really slow song, but it's anti. Like, like I said, it was anti everything Trump, and when we had this b-boy situation black folks was the minority it was a lot of asian it was a cat from iran persian cats uh latino white cats you know what i'm saying spanning cats things of that nature it was a lot of immigrants in the room and so like one thing i learned was you know when you outside of black folks fuck donald trump and i'm talking about ice and things of that nature it hit different for different reasons they're just for black folks. I remember the first time I performed in Minnesota. One of the venues I was in, it was in uh South Minneapolis by the by the Ethiop by the Somalian projects. How hard you gotta be to live in the Somalia projects, by the way? Like, you know, it's hard over there, right? These niggas are pirates and they live in the whatever. But yeah. fuck Donald Trump here different. I was and so the next night I did a show in St. Paul, and it was a large LGBTQ. A uh, 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 community in which the venue was in, and so watching my alphabet brothers and sisters and non-binaries react to fuck Donald Trump because you know, I, and from from my standpoint, I'm thinking as a southerner, as a black man in the south, the way the government is oppressing me. But if I'm calling out the same people, you know, saying that level of intersectionality shines through this record, and it hit differently, so. You know, of course, like I did my thing as a performer, I did my shit, I performed my soul out or whatever. But I was just concerned about like it wasn't even so much the content; it was about the BPMs. You know what I'm saying? Like the tempos. But it worked though, and like I, I was, I was happy. Like I was happy because like all my life I've been told, all my life I've always been told that like these people won't like what you do. You're not gonna fit in, and like and, and I, the reason why I take it so seriously is because I'm my only child. I only want to do shit my way. Like I, 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 I rest, I rest well every single night. That all the successes that I've ever had as an MC, I did it my motherfucking way. I ain't sell out. I used to, I used to game bang when I was a young boy. I could talk about street shit if I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Right. I could talk about street shit, and you know that's that's way easier for a white man to exploit. Than me saying if I see that cracker ridge of spence, I'ma drop it, right? It, but but if I was like if I see the op, I'ma hit it with the stick. The white the white man want to come exploit that shit, but they don't want to exploit me talking about 
white supremacy and things of that nature, right? I can talk about street shit. I can talk about selling drugs. I can talk about being on the corner. I can talk about being stabbed and having pistols pointed at me, but I chose not to. I chose, like I said, because even though it's more secular, I'm a son of a guy's musician who saw his music as an extension of his ministry. So for me, I rest well every single night that I do it my way and say what I want to say and I make, I'm my full self and I put my full self out there. So it feels good. It's like, it's like you know what I'm saying? When you, when you hit that game winner, but you but you but you went the way the the, the defense might have been Yo Black. Yeah, Marcel, you still there? Oh, he went out, man. But yo No, I'm, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Y'all can y'all can hear me? Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, cool, cool. Now I'm just saying, like I said, like when you when 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 they try to play you to your left and make you go left, and you go left anyways to hit the game winner, it's a it's a lot sweeter because you got to your spot, did it your way. And so I I, I I really take pride in that, you know what I'm saying? And and so yeah, man, like I don't fit, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, this is like that show that night was made for the misfits. Like they 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 make music for the B boys if the B boys is there. If, if if this country rap tunes, you know what I'm saying, political guy can come up here and do this with these slow ass BPMs and, and get my shit off, hell yeah, I feel great about that. Like I didn't I, I, I didn't try to go find every faster paced songs for them to break dance to. Like I got that many, you know what I'm saying? But uh, you know what I'm saying, but I I didn't try to switch it up. I did what I did and it still worked. And it's a beautiful feeling. And to me, I think I think like that's what the essence of hip hop is like it's honest self expression is working as hard on your craft and, and, and to like deliver what you want to say and get and get and getting across in your own way. I think that's the essence of what like you know like like you're right, Nick. Like we have different approaches, but we have the exact same intentions. Yeah. Like yeah. as 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 family men, as fathers, as husbands, as educators, as artists, we have different approaches. Because we have different life experiences, but our intentions on what we do with our community, what we do with hip hop, are absolutely the same, and that's why we clicked from the first time we met. You know what I'm saying? What six, seven years ago, right? Yeah. We clicked, and we and we've been rocking ever since. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. man first of all, fellas, thank you again for coming through to the pod, man. I really, really appreciate y'all, man. Thank you again. No doubt, man. Appreciate no, thank you, man. I, thank, thank you for having me, man. Man, uh, so just uh, if you guys got some shout-outs, go ahead and do your shout-outs, man. Um, one thing, one thing I regret this summer. So this summer when I did my tour. I the only Midwest that I did was Kansas. You know what I'm saying? But I I did uh I did the South and I did New England. Um, one thing I regret this summer is I did not come to Chicago. I did not come to Milwaukee. I did not come to Ann Arbor, Michigan. I didn't, whatever. So, big shout out to the Midwest. It took me a long time to get to the Midwest, but once I did, I did my thing, and I always had a great, I always had a great time. Like I said, the last time I did Chicago, it was really, 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 really good. So, big shout out to the shot. Big shout out to, um, you know, the Misfits, of course. You know what I mean? And everybody out there. Um, uh, yeah, like like Midwest. I, I'm 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 coming back next year for sure, man. 
I'm coming back and uh, you know, everybody out there that's kind of been holding me down, whatever. Big shout out to my man Mel, bro. That's 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 like the like <laughs> that nigga Bellello. I, I love that dude, bro. Like, he's like the the like the man is the man is a GI Joe military guy. <laughs> he's a he's a theater guy. He's a DJ. He's the muscle. He's a radio host. I just love that dude. You know what I'm saying? And we got family in common because he's kin to my OG. Whatever. And big shout out to Ray. You know what I'm saying? Like I stayed at his crib one time up there. Um, yeah, so just, just shout out to the whole Misfits crew. Shout out to my man Mike Logic. You know what I'm saying? Uh my favorite white man up there. Uh, <laughs> uh everybody at 606 Tuesdays. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, big shout out to Chicago. Coming back next summer for sure. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, you know, salute Ox. I always my brothers. Um, you know, um, happy birthday to to Major, my godson, Mel's son. You know, he shared. He's another Virgo. Like he, he shares the same birthday as me. You know, so you know, happy birthday to young Major Lions. You know, Mel LC. You know what I'm saying? Um, Misfits, uh, you know, check us out, microphonemisfits.com. We come in the South Bend, Indiana to cap off uh, our summer. You know, um, yeah, we're doing Fusion Fest, their ethnic festival in South Bend, Indiana. So looking forward to that. And, you know, just follow Microphone Misfits on all things. T-H-E-M-I-C-R-O-P-H-O-N-E-M-I-S-F-I-T-Z. The Microphone Misfits. Who else could it be? That's what's up, man. Trey, you got some shout outs? Uh. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, it's the usual suspects. Um, shout out to friends and fam, most deaf. Uh, shout out to Big Virgo Energy, um, because yeah. we we doing it big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, D Nick and Microphone Misfits. Shout out to the uh, Questions Crew, uh, our sister podcast, uh, uh, the With the Shits podcast, uh, the Black and Blue Vanguard. Um, Shout out to Kels because you know he keep dragging me along the journey. Uh, I'm kicking and screaming, but I'm here. So shout out to you, sir. Um, shout out to our guests, uh, both uh, D Nick and Marcel P. Blight for joining us, and shout out to our listeners for listening to us. Hey, yeah, man. Uh, shout out to my family. Uh, shout out to my friends. Shout out to uh, all our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to our guests, D-Nick and Marcel P. Black. Please do me a favor. Check out the Microphone Misfits Escape from Babylon uh, series. Check out um, Midwest Anime. And also check out Marcel P. Black's More Culture uh, EP. Check out all of their music. Do yourself a favor. Check that out. Support, 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 support indie artists. Support them doing their thing. Uh, thank y'all again for coming through. Thank y'all for listening. We out of here, y'all. Peace. 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 Freedom. <laughs>